What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all, as always. And, um, oh my gosh. Um, I, first of all, congratulations to all the teams that won your conference. Uh, really, really fun week in lacrosse. Uh, really, I think the best weekend of the season, best week, if you will, uh, when you look at through from Tuesday's Patriot League games uh, through Sunday, where we crowned uh, Penn as the Ivy League champions and Boston U as the Patriot League champions. Um, I'm going to get into the conference title games a bit here before we go through uh, this bracket, but I just got to say off the top, whoa. Like, I, I, my, my, my initial, like, I'm watching the show. I, I, I just kept on saying wow over and over again. Um, I, I can't wait for this tournament. We've got some great matchups. We've got uh, some great potential quarterfinal matchups. I, I'm excited about this one, but let's get to the – uh, conference tournaments first and going over who won those. Um, you know, first and foremost, Maryland, you won the Big Ten. You're the number one seed in the tournament. Congratulations, guys. Um, again, uh, uh, 17-7 over Rutgers. I think watching this game, it, it, it was, you know, it was expected that Maryland was going to win this thing. Like, just – it was expected. We, we all know that. Um, I thought maybe, though, like there was a chance Rutgers could have, make it a little closer. Um, that ends up not being the case. And, um, you know, Rutgers did have a number of kind of unforced turnovers, mistakes in the middle of the field, kind of shooting them in the shooting themselves in the foot in that way. Um, and, and then also Luke Wildman. 76% of the face-off dot. I mean, he it was phenomenal there. Um, you know, not being able to get those extra possessions when you need them, facing a team that just constantly capitalizes on every little mistake you make. Um, like you cannot make a mistake against against Maryland, or they will kill you. And and they did that uh, against Rutgers, and and rightfully so. There, uh, I I do want to note Colin Coast. I thought played fantastic. That opening quarter from him, five save first quarter, really, I you know, wasn't able to keep Maryland's offense in check in terms of keeping them off the board. Uh, Taupin's still up five two heading into the second, but he did all he could in that game uh, to try to stifle this Maryland defense uh, offense. Excuse me, it. It just isn't going to happen. Just is not going to happen. Big East, which was another game on Saturday night. Georgetown, best Villanova. I, you know, I thought this was a game. It, for me, it never felt like it was in doubt. Um, Owen McElroy, 17 saves. Gibson Smith, Gibson Smith, uh, three uh, cause turnovers, six ground balls. Will Bowen also had two cause turnovers. I, you know, this was a game for me, as I said, never felt like it was in jeopardy uh, that Georgetown was going to was going to lose this thing. They got up 8-1 um, through the, you know, 10-35 mark of the second quarter. 
Um, you know, Georgetown, you know, they got all they all you no, know, they got all they asked for from Villanova though. Uh you, you do have to give them credit for that. Uh Matt Campbell, Brett Baskin, JP Basio, I mean, those guys played phenomenal in this game. Uh when you look at the face off dot, James Riley and uh Justin Coppola, 50-50 basically on the day there. Um, I thought Villanova did as, as best of a job as they could. And it's a 14-12 win. I, I, you know, because of the strong start from Georgetown, I kind of felt like this one was never in doubt. So I do tend to kind of maybe want to say, like, this this game wasn't as close as the score indicates. But, look, Villanova did as best as they could. Um, you know, it, it was an 8-3 to Georgetown lead at the half. Um, there, and, you, you know, Basile puts it past McElvoy, 38 ticks left in the, in the first half, makes it eight to three. Um, and, and look, Villanova outscored Georgetown, um, from Baskin's, uh, buzzer beater there, you know, late in the first quarter. Um, it was, I mean, the first quarter, yeah. Um, it was an 11 to six game Villanova. Uh, so they gave them all they could. Riley, 50% uh, at the dot. Coppola, 50% there as well. I mean, I, I thought those guys, uh, that battle was was really interesting to watch, as I said. And again, just hats off to Villanova, a, a really solid performance there. And I do think a little bit of it was, I think Georgetown came out really hot and having played uh, the game they did on uh, was it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday, where they kind of came out a little slow. I think they had some tired legs, and, and you could see that. Another game where you saw tired legs, uh, but not on the back end early on, uh, was the Ivy League title game. So this game, um, one day's rest, obviously, for both these teams, Yale and Penn. First half uh, saw a combined eight field clues, okay, each side failing on four. 21 combined turnovers, 12 for Penn, 11 for Yale. That That's a heck of a first half. And, and through that first half, I think I even tweeted um, at halftime of that game, I tweeted that stat line, and I said, you know, this is going to be a game one in the middle of the field. And I don't think that was tr- that ended up not being true because Penn got hot, stayed hot, they win the Ivy League. Um, Patrick Birkenshaw, 16 saves. Dylan Goodgall, four goals to assist. Sam Hanley, three goals to assist. The big man just, you know, being the threat he is out of the midfield. Um, and this is a Penn team. Brennan Lavelle is still not back. They were missing James Shipley today as well. They're a little banged up. You saw Hanley get banged up a little bit. Uh, di- different guys getting banged up, coming to the sideline, coming back in. They, they played tough. They played hard. Um, and... Big, big second half, big third quarter here from Penn. They pull ahead 11-4. to four. Um, You know, all but one of those five goals run to open the third quarter, all but one of those goals involved either Gogol or Hanley. Gogol got the scoring started uh, there in the second half um, and then put home the final two of that seven-goal run that included a man-up goal 
uh, there assisted by Hanley. He notched one himself uh, less than a minute prior there. That kind of the moment when, when I knew this one was over. Um, so Thomas Bragg finds Carlson cool, and you know Yale gets gets their first goal of the second half. Um, stops the bleeding. Matt Brandau comes back up, and you know gets. I think he got switched onto Shorty, and he 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 goes in, puts one home. With you know, final two minutes. Oh, he put home a pair within the final two minutes of that final. Uh, of the third quarter. And then he puts one home 20 seconds left. There's still 20 seconds left on the clock for Penn to do something. And Nicholas Ramsey wins the ensuing faceoff. Yale goes down. They get off two shots in that time. Both were saved by Birkinshaw. Off that second Birkinshaw save, Outlet passes it up. It, it bounces. It kind of is bouncing in the middle of the field. Ben Bedard it, it, it is is behind the ball. It goes a little over. You know, Bedard's got a defender on his back. It kind of goes over Bedard. Bounces, takes maybe one or two bounces. He's able to hand it. He moves it uh, to Gagal. And literally, right as that buzzer is about to sound, Gagal moves it, moves the lock down to Ben Smith. Boom. Puts one past Paquette. 13-7 Yale. Uh, it's me, 13-7 Penn heading into the fourth quarter of play. I, I, w- once they did that, I was like, okay. Penn, Penn, and, and that Penn sideline was was rocking. Um, you know, once they did that, I, I was like, okay, this is, Penn has this. Because for a second there, Yale does get going. You think, okay, they, like, this is Yale. They, they, they can do a lot of dangerous things. Um, yeah, they they can come back in this one. Ends up not doing that. They get 10 shots in the final frame, four on cage, uh, converted only twice, though. Leo Johnson, Matt Brandau, both on man-up scores. Uh, And it was Johnson finding Brandau, and then minutes later, Brandau finding Johnson. Sam Hanley kind of put uh, put a little cherry on top there at the end, going through his defender from behind the cage uh, on a restart, I believe it was. Final goal of the game, Penn. Back to back Ivy League champions. Uh, remember they beat Yale in two thousand and nineteen as well. Uh, really, really fun series between those two then, and a fun series there uh, today as well. Um, Boston U. Congratulations to Coach Poley. Congratulations to uh, the Terriers. They are heading to the NCAA tournament for the first time in program history. Uh, after dropping that game, fallen victim to a 10-point outing from Brendan Nicktone last Friday. They turn things around here on Sunday, and they knock off Army there. Uh, you know, Nicktone had had six points on the day, two goals, four assists. Reese Buick had five goals. Um, and Army, you know, they were, you know, with, you know, heading in the final 15 minutes, Boston U had a huge third quarter. They do get up twelve to seven. Uh, however, you do see Army give all they can to c- try to come back in this one. Um, there and look, I-, I think two biggest takeaways from this one here. Obviously, we've talked about Boston U and their depth and what they've shown in that category offensively, especially. 
um, there in recent weeks. Uh, and, and since Jake Cates went down uh, back about a month ago now uh, against Princeton, uh, who we'll talk about here in a minute uh, when we get to the bracket. Uh, but Timmy Lay, four goals, one assist. Luis Perfetto, two goals, two assists. Those guys led, led the way five and four points respectively. However, Boston U walks off the field seven different goal scorers. Matt Hilburn, Tommy Bork, James uh, Cochran, each getting two, uh, each getting one during that uh, kind of game-changing third quarter run, and each ending the day with two goals. A, a, a very strong offensive performance there from Boston U, um, even though uh, you do see uh, at the faceoff dot wasn't specifically the best of days there for Calderon. Um, Matt Garber, 15 saves on the day there. And Roy Meyer, six cards, turnovers, seven ground balls. He's been, again, playing down there at close, uh, with, even with Patrick Morrison having to return for the past couple of games. Meyer is still down there at close. Uh, this is a, a Taylor defense that held a an Army offense off the board for the final 921 of the contest. Uh, Danny Kilbasa makes it a three-goal game with 921 left. It looks like, okay, Army's still got some energy in them. They can do this. Uh, but credit that BU defense. They hold them off the board there uh, in those final minutes. Four turnovers all caused for Army and a 1-5 mark in the clearing game. Middle of the field, the 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 Boston U 10-man ride was spectacular today, uh, holding Army 15 of 22 in clearing for the entirety of the contest. That Boston U ride is phenomenal. And, and, and I know it, it is a thing of beauty to watch when they execute that thing as best as they can. Moving back to Saturday's games here, let's get started with uh, St. Joseph's. This really, again, congratulations to Taylor Ray, St. Joseph's, the Hawks, going to the NCAA tournament for the first time ever. They had been there five times to the NEC title game. They'd been there five times in a row. Each time, they lost. On Saturday, they finally put it through. And it, it really was, you know, a, not a domination, but it was wire to wire. I don't think it was ever in doubt. 14-7, they finally break through, uh, punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament. Congratulations to those guys. Carter Page, five goals. Levi Anderson, Two goals, two assists. Tucker Brown had a hat trick. Robbie Seeley, 16 saves on the day. A, a, a really fantastic day there uh, for St. Joseph's as they take down Hobart 14-7. to And this is a St. Joseph's team that put up, uh, was it 20 or 21 in that semifinal game? So this is an offense that was hot. And uh, you know, they were able to come down there. <laughs> I uh, uh, should say welcome in Hobart. It was at St. Joe's. Uh, welcome them into Philly and, uh, you know, shut them down, down as best as they can. 14-7 win there. That is a very, very impressive St. Joseph's squad right there. Another big offensive day here we saw from Delaware. Uh, they beat Drexel 19-6 in the semifinal. We talked about that a little bit. On, la- on the last podcast, a, a huge offensive day for the Blue Hens. 
Had another big one on Saturday, 11 to 6. The big hero in this one, Ty freaking Coates. The man, Ontario native senior, had five points off three goals and two assists on Thursday. And then on Saturday, puts up six goals, leads the way for the Blue Hens. This was a phenomenal, phenomenal performance from Coates and this squad there. Uh, shout out to Logan uh, Pajama at the faceoff dot, 63% uh, going up against Matt Costanides, uh, who's been pretty decent for Towson all season. And this is a Towson team that's been tough to play all you. They've got guys that can make plays on both ends of the field. They've got a lot of depth offensively. Uh, congrats to Delaware and Coach Matt DeLuca. Matt DeLuca's heading back uh, to the NCAA tournament. Uh, there, his first time ever with Delaware. It's the Blue Hens' first time since 2011 heading back there. Sticking with, with, with some offense here, Robert Morris, man, this is a, 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 a insane game. So they had that overtime win on on two on a Thursday. I want to keep on saying Tuesday on Thursday over Bellerman, and then they, they put up another uh, impressive another overtime win. Excuse me, Utah had the overtime win over Bellerman um, on on um, on on Thursday. And then they're in another overtime game here. Robert Morris gets the win. RMU had to kind of stave off a late game comeback against Air Force in their semifinal game. See, I've watched so much lacrosse this week, and I'm getting things all all jumbled here. Um, Jake Woodrow, career day, 10 points, 7 goals, 3 assists. Um... I mean, and this is a team that were down six to two in the hole. They come back, make it eleven to ten at the half. However, late game heroics there. Um, and, and, and Jake Bojo had uh, three three of his points came during that comeback there. Um, and you know, his late game heroics are, are what matters the most. He sends them to OT. Uh, he'd also uh, tied things up, I believe. Uh, a, a few minutes before then, really, really good day. Uh, Steven Delamonte, 72% at the faceoff dot there for Robert Morris. The Colonials heading back to the NCAA tournament. Uh, they have won now, and obviously beating Andrew McMahon, the former head coach in this game. Uh, they have won each of the last, what, three title games they've been in because uh, they, they went back-to-back in the NEC those two years. SOCON. What well, let's go to the SOCON now. Richmond. Fourth conference title. The SOCON, another league that's going away this year. And Richmond ends on top. Uh Lance Madonna puts home the buzzer beater in the final seconds of the third quarter. Makes things seven to seven. Uh he also dished out one assist and, and, and had another goal on the day as well uh in this one. Uh he his one assist came uh, to Cooper Dayton late in the fourth quarter. That's the go-ahead goal. Luke Frankney followed up one of his own. Uh, you know the Mount St. Mary's transfer has been phenomenal um, all season here for Richmond, and you know he does it again on 
Saturday. Uh, but, you know, the, the one thing really with this team uh, in this game in particular is the Richmond defense. Uh, Zach uh, Bagu made seven saves on the day to anchor the Richmond defense. Griffin College caused two turnovers. Jake Cap, uh, two turnovers as well, and also grabbed two ground balls. They hold Jacksonville to uh, seven points. Or was it? No, hold them to uh, 10 9. So they hold them to nine points on the day, uh, the first time that they'd been held to uh, single digits since their opening loss against Johns Hopkins. Uh, Max Waldbaum had one goal. Uh, they hold him to one goal on the day in this one. Jacob Greiner also uh, did not have a point as well. America East here. This is a game of Vermont wins 13 to 11. I actually did not catch probably the game I caught the least of um, this weekend uh, in terms of conference tournament games. Uh, Thomas McConvey, five goals in this one. The Catamounts, ninth consecutive victory. Remember, this is a team that came in uh, to conference play with a 2-3 and three record. Uh, really had a tough stretch there with a tough schedule early in the season, losing to Brown. Uh, one of the wins had come against Penn State. Uh, they had opened the season at Duke. This is a tough schedule for, for the Catamounts, and, and it paid off in conference play as they are undefeated in conference play, as well as uh, St. Joseph's, I, I should mention. I didn't mention that, but um, – and Georgetown and Maryland. Um, so, you know, Vermont, another one of those teams, kind of runs through the conference schedule there. Um, and, and, look, UMBC at one point, I mean, they were ahead 6-3 to three in this one. Um, the Catamounts, you know, they punch back, three goals run there. In the uh, second quarter, uh, there, Brett Boussier with 11, six, 11 ticks left in the second quarter is really the only reason that the Retrievers are still ahead 7-6 to six, heading into uh, the break, that last, last second score there. But uh, Vermont in the third quarter, anchored by a 6-5 mark at the dot from Tommy Burke in the frame, um, really started to get hot in, in that third quarter pulled themselves ahead. Uh, you had a transition score. Nick Alvidi feeding Colin Charkey there. Colin, uh, Charlie Pope gets one as well. Uh, UBC, they came within one twice in the final 15-55 of the contest. Never able to tie things back up once Vermont took that lead there uh, in the third quarter. Vermont back-to-back. America East champions, Ryan Cornell, 12 saves in this game. Jackson Canfield, three cause turnovers and two ground balls. All right, now what y'all came here for. Let's get into the NCAA tournament. NCAA tournament. Let's let's go. Let's get into this thing. So your eight-seeded teams. All as as followed. Number one, Maryland, obviously. Number two, Georgetown, obviously. Your Big Ten and your Big East winners. Number three, Penn, out of the Ivy League. That is one, I, I think they locked that up this afternoon. You look at their resume. You look at what they did in the Ivy League tournament. 
coming as the fourth seed into this thing. I really, and, and I had some people m- mention to me last week when the seeds came out, you know, as crazy as this season's been, Penn's going to win this Ivy League tournament as the fourth seed, the team that literally barely got in. Um, and, and I was like, hey, I, no, I can't argue with, argue with that. Um, so all y'all who said that, y'all were absolutely correct. I'd pick Yale to win the thing, but uh, Penn uh, does it and you know, does it again, I should say, wins the Ivy. Um, and, and they've shown a lot of promise here recently. And really that performance there today and obviously on Saturday solidified that number three and validified that number three seed. Number four, Yale. Seeing a little trend here, aren't we? Number five, Princeton. Okay. Number six, Rutgers. Number seven, Cornell. Number eight, Brown. And just FYI, all those eight teams will host first round games. Penn, Yale, Princeton, Cornell, Brown. Five of your eight seeds are Ivy League teams. Five of your eight seeds are Ivy League teams. Insane. 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 And only seven Ivies play across. Unseeded teams. Vermont, Robert Morris, Delaware, Manhattan, Boston U, St. Joseph's, Richmond. All those are seven. Uh, the other seven automatic bids. Who's your three other bids? Who's your three other bids here? Virginia, Harvard, and Ohio State. No Duke, no Notre Dame. They both left out of the tournament. Both of them, Duke and Notre Dame. If any of those teams were going to get in, and you would have asked me on this afternoon, which which of those teams are going to get in? I I would have told you Notre Dame, um, being that they had just beaten Duke on uh on on Saturday, and being that they were on a six game winning streak, they do not get in. Harvard gets in over them. Harvard is back in the tournament. Jerry Bone, his squad, uh, doing great things there in Cambridge. I'm not going to sit here and argue, but, like, this, you know, Ohio State getting in, I I, know they were on the bubble as well. I kind of always felt that Ohio State was was pretty safe Um, in in this one. I mean, your losses are against, obviously, Rutgers and Maryland twice. You lost to Cornell. Who's the team that gets a seed? Um, you know, they lose to Denver though. And, and, I mean, that that's the head scratcher. Is is Denver? Um, and with that really being the only head scratcher, I you know, I just kind of felt they they would get in. They also beat Notre Dame, which is you know, of note there. Um, so I mean, it makes sense for me to have Ohio State in, like completely. But, like, I, I, I kind of thought after last week, hey, Harvard's done. Like, after they lost to Yale, I kind of thought, eh, they're done. 
great season, fun team to watch, a lot of young guys. Look forward to what they're going to be like next year. But, hey, we get at least another week of Jerry Bowen and Harvard. And, uh, like, I'm not going to complain about that because, I mean, that's a fun team to watch. I don't, you know, I will say, though, I, I do think Notre Dame had 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 Final Four potential. Like, you look at the way they were playing, the way this offense had, had come together in recent weeks, and, you know, they had had some injuries throughout the season. They would fought through those, right? Jake Taylor emerging there on that offense as as that lefty, uh, as that third attack spot. I mean, you know, you, you just kind of look at things and you say, you know, how how can that be? And, and, and like, look, Notre Dame has had a really good season with, obviously, as I said, winning the last six games. You beat Duke 16-14. to 14. You beat Syracuse, you beat Carolina, you beat Duke, you beat Syracuse. I mean, your only ACC losses is to Virginia, who's the defending national champion. They're getting it. I mean, jeez. And look, the Georgetown loss, Maryland loss were close. Ohio State loss was close. I mean, and, and I've seen some people talking about, hey, maybe if they had another game or two, they would have gotten in. You know, they they got robbed um, because they didn't play enough games. You know, hey, it's it is what it is. Um, you know, it's uh, it is an interesting situation. It's probably this is probably the most contentious. NCAA tournament selection that we've seen um, since Rutgers not making it in 2016. Uh, since then, this is this is the most contentious. I know we we'll talk about High Point in uh, 2019 not making it, but uh, th- th- that is the reality for a lot of those lower lower uh, lower programs, mid major programs. That's the reality, unfortunately. No matter how good those teams are, same situation with Jacksonville this year. Fantastic team. Fantastic season, you know. Loved watching those guys battle all season, but unfortunately, you don't win your conference. And look, your best two wins are against teams that didn't make the tournament. Um, in terms of Duke, like you know, they had the highest RPI over any of those teams: Harvard, Ohio State, Notre Dame. They had the highest RPI over there. They had the win over Virginia, um, and like it. They, they had been pretty much soaring. Like, 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 until the loss to Notre Dame, I, I really felt like this is Duke. Like, Duke is going to be in. I really feel like if they would have won on Saturday, they would have gotten in. Um, you know, you beat Virginia 17-8, to convincing. You beat Carolina 19-11. And I get Carolina was not the Carolina that, we're, that we expect or, or that is up to their standard this season, but that's still beating. A, they're still a good team. They're still a good quality team. Um, not up to the standard that you expect, but and I, I think the the, the the Syracuse loss, the Loyola loss, and I mean they did lose to Penn, who, who's a good team, and they lost to Jacksonville, which was an upset, obviously. And even though Jacksonville was a good team this year and has a top-ranked team, the polls don't matter. 
And so they just look at the LPI, check the schedule, all of that, and combine that together, uh, even with the win over Virginia and the convincing wins over Carolina. Um, Duke, Duke just did not cut it this year. Duke did not cut it this season. And uh, that's the truth. I mean, you know, talk about expanding the tournament. I'm not necessarily for that. Um, I don't like the play-ins. So, like, if we could expand it to two more teams to get rid of the play-ins, that's something I could could deal with. Um, Because I, I do feel like those teams, you win your conference, you do all that. And then, you know, you got to go play. And those play-in games have been really competitive. Um, and then they go and they get, you know, skull-drugged by Maryland, um, which, you know, I guess the argument against that is like, well, they would do that in the second round, which, yeah, I I can see what is, what, what is the flawed, flawed logic there. But if we expanded to get rid of the play-ins, I'd be in favor of that. I'm not in favor of expansion. I think you're just rewarding teams for uh, things they didn't accomplish. Uh, you know that is why uh, what there's 18 teams in this in this field. Um, you know there's a field of 16 is is kind of the first round through. Uh, uh, first round through, you have the two play-ins that make it an 18 field. Um, you know th- that's enough for what we need right now. It's with the NEC going away um, and the a10 coming in and socon going away it's going to shrink again next year um in terms of the plans situation where you lose a conference um you know I, i'm not particularly for expansion but i can be talked into it um as i said i i just think you reward the teams that played well um now i do think there does has to be there does have to be an evaluation of how you evaluate these teams. Uh, going based off RPI isn't necessarily a good thing to do. Um, and the eye test has to mean something as well. Um, and I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things to take issue with, but at the end of the day, <laughs> this is a good tournament and we're going to get some good games uh, from this upcoming weekend. Or from this upcoming week and the and the playing games through Memorial Day, I mean, we are going to get some exciting gusts. So let's get into a little bit of what those games will entail. The matchups here in the NCAA tournament. 